This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he used to be called the God Particle, it's Arturo Zurita. Listen, all of my family members have just changed their names to Cloverfield something. We have uh, all officially have gone through a name change. Anything now that you see on TV can technically be a Cloverfield movie. You too. Doesn't matter what gender, race, your income, you can grow up and be a Cloverfield movie yourself as well. I've changed my Twitter name to Zachary Surprise Cloverfield movie. Yeah, but you change your, your Twitter name every hour. You, you know how many times I go on Twitter and I'm like, who the heck is this man and why am I following him? And I was like, it's freaking Zach. Zach with bread for whatever reason. Zach with, it doesn't matter what, anything that goes trending, this man is on it. <laughs> yeah, Twitter's my platform. What can I say? Oh, do you see that Lakeith Stanfield changed his Twitter to Monique this morning? Why? I'm Just for it because Lakeith. But, oh, okay. No, he's a funny guy. He trolled at a he, – he performed like uh, – you follow Ray Shermer, right? Yeah. A little bit. Uh, do you ever see when uh, – you know how they got so rich, Slim Jimmy would just go around with Gucci goggles, snowboarding goggles <laughs> for no reason? <laughs> he didn't even snowboard. That was Lakeith at Sundance. He performed without right. a shirt and a wig. They asked him, why are you wearing a wig? And he said, what wig? <laughs> Search, look up the pictures. It is a legit, like, freaking uh, Mary J. Blige <laughs> hair set. Uh, that dude is so cool. Uh, well, in a little bit, we're going to get into the Cloverfield paradox, spoilers, and all. That is going to be our topic of the week. And we've got some other Super Bowl-related stuff to talk about. Super a bunch Bowl. of trailers that we mm -hmm. saw that Art even saw. Art broke yeah. his uh, no-watching trailers thing to watch the Super Bowl with all Super of us. Super Bowl's so. the exception. Uh, so we're going to get into the A&As in just a second. But first, Art, anything uh, you want to hit on quick with the what you've been watching? I mean, y'all know what we've been watching. It's what everyone was watching right after the game. I guess I'll mention a little bit of our Super Bowl since, you know, we're going to get really into the movies. Um, yeah. Uh, in terms of the Super Bowl, I think you were you were going for Philly? Yeah. I mean, I spent my college years in Philly, so I've got a bunch of friends who actually care a lot, and I more yeah. care about my friends than the team. I'm, I'm happy for them. For my brother and I, it was, that was huge because that was like whenever the Phillies last played in the Super Bowl, that's mm -hmm. when we started religiously watching the Super Bowl and it became our tradition. So it was right. just like seeing them, yeah, I don't know, like this whole fruition come back and be able to win it, be able to beat Brady. <laughs> Who they lost to all those years ago, too. Exactly, so. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's crazy. It's been like most of our lives that it's been Brady in the mm -hmm. Super Bowl. Uh, but hey, it was, I a, think it was, it was a really fun game. It was I a think good it was, game, yes. It was good television is the thing. It's like the Super Bowl isn't always good television. The halftime show isn't always good television. And Lame. I don't know if the halftime show was good television this time. But Lame. the game itself, it was exciting. It was offensive football. It went back and forth. It was Good. down to the wire. So Literally down to that last that last play. And if anyone could have yeah. made it, it should have been him. Brady's <laughs> the only person who can get the one shot. And then it gets ruined. But then he gets and another right one shot. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah, uh, but uh, in terms of the halftime show, if you want to bring that up real quick, I thought it was completed under garbage. I don't know why he's performing songs from like 10 years ago, and that's completely fine, don't get me wrong. Red Hot Chili Peppers did it, Coldplay did it, everyone does it. But you know what the Red Hot Chili Peppers did, if I'm not mistaken, but most definitely uh, Coldplay did, was be able to bring out more relevant people and share the stage with them. Uh, looking back at it, I was one of those who thought, I'm like, wow, Bruno and Beyonce are upstaging them, but... When the, the way they choreographed that scene, whatever Super Bowl that was, when they were able to um, dance together, there was that one where they, like, slapped the camera out of it. Right. Uh, remember that? I thought yeah, that yeah, worked yeah. amazingly well. I mean, it's also I, fun. It's like those moments at the Grammys where they pair up people who you wouldn't expect yes. to be paired up. And, and that makes for more exciting television than they could make separately the anyway. Just, Justin Timberlake by himself. And I don't yeah. hate Justin Timberlake. There was a great meme that came out of it as well. But... Very rare that I go, Bruno Mars, I agree with you 1,000%. But Bruno Mars, came, I don't know if you saw his tweet. I did. He said it, next year's Atlanta. Y'all better not mess this up. <laughs> Y'all better get that. All I need is Outcast. I don't need that whole lineup he talked about. But if, he, if they got Outcast for the halftime show. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine just love. literally it's just a montage of every Atlanta icon? <sighs> Just coming out and doing Amigos a thing. Get Amigos in there. Holy smokes. Like they just perform like a, a, a three-song mashup each, right? They go, boo. It cuts right. black. And then from another side, like from the other entrance, they perform while they get ready the next one. And then, holy smokes. Get Migos, Get T.I. Obviously, <laughs> get Outkast. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's so all many. All the legends. Even, all the ATL legends. Holy smokes. That would, that would be legit. Will they have the balls to just have a hip-hop-centered one? I don't know. I doubt that. I doubt that a lot. But uh, I mean, you have a lot from Atlanta, at least. Yeah, I mean, Outkast is maybe possible because they are big enough. They have the name. A lot yeah. of times it's about the name. You know, I hear a bunch of people saying like, oh, they should have had like Frank Ocean be the halftime show. It's like, he I can't. love Frank Ocean, but like, I like him too, that's but he not going to. That's not a superstar. Yeah, exactly. So the list of people who are at that superstar quality in hip hop, it's maybe people like Jay Z and Outkast, and, and not yeah, really even a if super they're not from list. Atlanta, at least make it hip hop based. You know, because Atlanta's had like a huge, huge culture mesh thing that they've had with this past year. So to mm-hmm. just completely ignore them. I swear, I Childish swear Gambino you. halftime show, one thousand percent. I I would laugh if they <laughs> get Sam Smith doing the halftime show. Darius Rucker doing the halftime show next year. I just, I think there needs to be more energy, and the halftime show should not be ending with uh, the biggest soundtrack from Trolls. All right, well, let's move on to more Super Bowl adjacent topics. There were a bunch of trailers premiered at this year's Super Bowl, as they are in every Super Bowl. Bowl. And we're going to go special yay or nay Super Bowl trailer edition on these new shows and movies, everything that they threw at us. Let's do some rapid fire off the top because there was a lot that was shown and we don't really care that much about all of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. This is going to be the Amazon series based on the film character that's been portrayed by Harrison Ford, Alec Baldwin, Ben Affleck, Chris Pine. John Krasinski plays John Ryan here. Looks like a more modern war on terrorism setting. Art, any thoughts? Um, I am on the perspective that I can't, I still only see Jim from The Office. I want to give him the chance. He's been trying really hard to stay away from any comedic roles. He has been playing literally a soldier for the Aloha 13 hours. Now this, he's trying really hard. He's being a serious father in this upcoming movie that's coming out, uh, The Quiet One. I'm rooting for him first and foremost, but to be completely Mm -hmm. honest, I don't watch Amazon shows. Yeah. Give it the benefit of the doubt. 
I've seen a few Amazon shows, and it's really just the ones that have gotten a lot of uh, good reviews. If this gets good reviews, maybe I'll tune into I'm it. I'm rooting. There's, yeah. there's nothing there that rooting makes me feel like, oh, I have to. Yeah, I like him a lot, but it's, again, like, it's got to be a little bit more to maybe make me not think Jim from The Give Office. A damn about Jack Ryan. <laughs> I mean, that being said, moving on to the Quiet Place trailer, I am yay on that all the way. That's the John Krasinski-directed uh -huh. horror movie, which uh, his real-life wife, Emily Blunt, is also in that film. True. And it seems like the basic premise is that this is a world yeah. in it, it's a world in which the monsters uh, come at you if you make noise. noise. So everybody has to remain perfectly quiet. Uh. It's a really, really smart twist on yes. uh, horror. Uh, I'm yeah. This is a, a thousand percent for me. I was there actually a new trailer? Maybe I missed it. Maybe it was so quiet. I don't or know just if it was the me. new trailer or just or the like, Super Bowl trailer. The last but. two have been so solid because you really don't know. You just get the gist and the atmosphere of it. This is yeah. the one movie that has me suckered in so much. I love the fact that they're actual uh, husband and wife in real life. I think that's mm -hmm. really cool. But what has me so excited is I can't wait to drop the money on Adobe Surround Sound for a movie where probably forty <laughs> percent is going to be quiet. That is right. Yeah, uh, that, that gets a yes for me. Uh, the Red Sparrow trailer. This is a movie that's been mm. heavily advertised. Jennifer Lawrence coming out on March 2nd. Yay or nay? Mm, uh, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it the benefit of that. I'll say yay. Yeah. I'm going to go nay just because it kind of looks like Discount Atomic Blonde to me. But um, again, I, I'm looks not like, fully out on it. No, I see, I, to me, it looks like Discounted Black Widow. But I like Joe Edgerton. That's what I'm going for. Uh, Castle Rock, the new Hulu series based on St uh, the Stephen King novels with Andre Holland in the lead. Yeah, this one looked boy. kind of intriguing. Art, this yay or nay on the show? Uh, yay. I think this is it, this is actually the follow-up to Shawshank. I know what they say. It's like, oh, there's yes. been a suicide at Shawshank, and it's like an actual, I, I want to say it was a book. I know Shawshank was a, a short story. But um, it's not the again. same tone as what we know as the Shawshank Redemption. Exactly. It yes. looks a bit different. I like the More fact Stephen that it's King a miniseries. Horror. Yeah. So I, I am for it. Again, I am a person who, unless I really like the property, I'm going for it. But I like the people, and I like seeing Andre Holland in there. I like that they have expanded. I've just been seeing a lot of the guys from Moonlight keep blowing up in different places, and I'm like, yo, that's dope. So, yeah, I'm for it. Yeah, uh, I'm always for a new Andre Holland role. Uh, we're going to mm. talk a little bit more about him in the rough cuts, just to preview. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if this is going to make me, like, give in and get a Hulu subscription if The Handmaid oh, Handmaid's Tale didn't. I don't yet, but uh, I kind of want one, and this show looks pretty good. My girlfriend was pretty into the trailer. We might have to get it. We might have to get it. I have Hulu. I uh, haven't caught up with The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> <laughs> Unsolved, The Murders of Tupac and The Notorious B.I.G. This is going to be an upcoming USA show that seems to be pretty much in the mold of all these American crime story shows. Art, yay or nay? No, this looked like trash. Came out of nowhere. I was like, yo, is that Pac? Yo, is that? Literally, I, w I was the first one in the group to say, yo, is that Pac? Then the rest of it, when, when it, the other guy appeared, was like, yo, is that Biggie? And... Then it turns out being the USA trying to hop out on what FX has successfully done, what ESPN mm -hmm. has been successfully doing. No, if it ain't FX, and if it ain't, um, what's his name? <laughs> the guy who made uh, OJ Made America. Uh, Ryan Murphy. Uh, was that his oh, name? Oh, Ezra Edelman, Edelman I think. Edelman, thinking. yeah, that guy, that yeah. guy. If it's not him, actual talent... I mean, I'll peek into it, but for what, 10, 7, whatever episodes it is, I don't know if you can hold my interest, especially because I know what. USA, you ain't got the answers, got so what am I watching sway. for? for you to, that's what upsets me the most. It's been done to death. All you are going to do, unless you're bringing up a different perspective like OJ Made in America was able to do, which was right. fantastic, 
You're just repeating back to me what we already know. Nothing. Yeah, the OJ series that we got, both of them were really interesting because there's full yes. context and, mm -hmm. and narrative depth there, and you actually get, you, you learn a lot from them. I'm mm -hmm. not so sure USA is going to teach us a whole lot. They seem to be kind of cashing, cashing in on that true crime trend, so yeah. I'm kind of nay on this show. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the sequel to the past Jurassic <laughs> World. Uh, got a little bit more footage from that one. Art, yay or nay? No, Jurassic World keeps taking L's. Even in a Jeep commercial, yeah. they were taking L's. That yeah. Jeep commercial was straight up trash. It didn't even make any sense. It, it Like, it did it. Oh, I'm being chased. No. Well, you know what? Let me just chase the team. Yeah, how does it feel? I'm chasing the team. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my girlfriend didn't mind getting to see both young and old Jeff Goldblum in one commercial, but yeah, the commercial that. itself Elf? didn't Garbage. really make that much sense at all. And yeah, I, I don't know. I mean... It's a departure for the series to be all like, we're friends with some of the dinosaurs now that I'm not so sure I'm ready to buy into. Uh, but I don't know. I didn't really like the last one that much, so this trailer isn't doing a whole lot Exactly. I, uh, we'll see. Uh, Skyscraper. This is the Dwayne Johnson. Mm. Are we copying Die Hard? No, mm. let's give him a prosthetic foot movie yeah. uh, where he jumps impossible distances on the, in the poster. Art, yay or nay? Day one, I'm there. What are you talking about? Yeah, I, I'm one. all the way in. I'm all the way in. I mean, look, I, I'm not sure if this is going to be complete and utter trash or not, but it's going to be a lot of ridiculous fun. I'm 100% excited for it. I can't wait to see what comes out of this. I want him to literally take off the prosthetic leg and wield it as nunchucks. Because that's only what The Rock could do while he's keeping his balance on his one good leg. Uh, I, I'm sure we'll get something like that. I don't know when, Okay, but it's going to happen. Am I mistaken? Is the whole thing called, like, are we leading up to The Walk? <laughs> right? It felt like, okay, there's going to be, like, 30 minutes of, like, the setup, and then it's literally just going to be him up there? <laughs> yeah, I Wait, mean... Wait, I got your movie. This is what it is. It leads up to a slumdog millionaire type thing. Sort of like the walk type thing, literally, where it's going to be him up there, right? It's going to lead to him on that little crane, right? And it's going to be whether he should jump or not. And every time he does a little lunge, flashback. <laughs> this is where he learned to lunge like that. This yes. is where he learned to extend his left arm. And then when he goes, he's going to go like this, and then he's going to remember when his dad taught him how to swim. <laughs> And Perfect. then he's going to remember watching Forrest Gump. All these different things. I think we just things. wrote Skyscraper. <laughs> I think we just ruined the movie, yeah. Uh, there's yeah. also the trailer for the new Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Fallout. This is another mm -hmm. one directed by Christopher McQuarrie, the, the guy who uh, directed the previous installment in the franchise, uh, Rogue Nation? Yeah, I always mix up Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation. Yeah, they're very, very uh, similar. I like them all equally. Mm -hmm. I and mean, these recent ones have been pretty fun in, in an action-adventure they cool are stunts wet. They are good, dumb fun. This is exactly mm -hmm. what I want these Mission Impossible movies to be. Uh, I, I don't want them to get overcredited, but I'm a big fan of always figuring out what the next really idiotic, dumb, and ballsy thing that Tom Cruise is going to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. there's been a lot of talk about, like, oh, he broke his ankle doing this one leap, and there's some crazy helicopter it, stunts in this movie. That's the one. It's the helicopter one where he's hanging out of a helicopter. If, if I don't get a report that he's injured, I don't want to see it. 
<laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the bigger trailers, the, bigger the ones, ones that had people talking. Uh, let's start with TV's Westworld. The HBO show is coming back for season two, 100%. and it had a uh, Kanye-covered trailer mm. to sh- debut during the Super Bowl. Art, how did you feel? What were you thinking? If y'all haven't seen Westworld season one, Zach, I- I'll speak for you. Go watch it. We fully endorse it along with the American Vandal, along with BoJack. If you trusted our opinions on those, you need to watch Westworld. Right now, uh, the conversation about Westworld or Game of Thrones is a conversation when Game of Thrones has six on it, seven, and Westworld's got one. No, I'm talking about seven seasons behind its belt. Westworld's got one, and it's in the conversation. I think it's a better season one than Game of Thrones was. We'll see how it ends up developing. I like the fact that uh, the Nolan bro... Uh, seems to have an overarching uh, idea of where everything is going to go. I like that he has said, he's like, yeah, season one is this, and then our theme for season two and this, and then our theme for whatever is this, and we're just going to fill it along the way. And I'm like, yo, that is crazy. I'm a big ARG guy. I don't know if you've uh, seen the whole conspiracies. Some of the pictures that they use within the movie have been Shutterstock images since, like, 09. Hmm. That are, like, Shutterstock images about characters within the universe oh it's so crazy like people have found the picture do you remember the picture there's a picture found within the series i don't know if i know that that detail okay you saw season one right yeah 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 okay remember there's a picture of somebody who's seen that causes a robot to glitch yeah 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 that picture someone found it in real life oh so it's just like stock footage it is a uh, well, I mean, it doesn't really spoil it, but yes, it's like stock footage. And when you go into that picture and you're like, oh, they just got a stock footage thing. And then you scroll through the other stock footage images, you realize that everything in this stock account has to do with Westworld. But this stock account was created back in 2009. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what does this mean? That's interesting. Hmm. And that ain't even the narrative Planting of the, the show. Seeds. Go watch yeah. the show. Season two's teaser just gets you hype, which is what a teaser's supposed to do. Doesn't mm-hmm. ruin anything. Yeah, that it doesn't Kanye really tell cover. you too many details. That Kanye cover. Um, there's a, a big character in season one. I'm not going to say how that character ends. Do you think that character's coming back? You know no. who I'm talking about? Oh, you don't I'm think he's coming sh- back at all? If, if if it's the same person that we're thinking about? Yeah, it's the same person. No. I think he's out. I think that was part... I don't know if he would agree to do several seasons of a TV show, but one season, I can see him just saying, give me my money and let me get out. <laughs> let me dip. I got to go do Transformers 5. Yep. <laughs> Oh, but no, I'm excited for it. The cover that they did for Kanye is super exciting because they killed all their covers in the first season. If you don't know mm-hmm. it, pretty much they have like this uh, robotic piano, piano and yeah. it does old timey versions of current songs. And yeah, like Radiohead and I think yeah. they did Nirvana. They did an Amy Winehouse one, but the Kanye yeah. one's got to be the best one so far. <laughs> it's got to, so. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, so- I'm stoked for season two too. Uh, I think you liked the first season more than me, but I did like it a oh, yeah. lot. Superiorly, yeah. I was a um, huge fan. And it is one of those fu- shows that is a lot of fun to follow outside of the show, yeah. as well as following it yes. inside of the show. Uh, so it'll be great to have that back in our lives. I'm uh, excited for that to be the show that everybody's talking about again, because it feels like it's been a long, long time. And it has. It kind of has. It's been almost a year and a half. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other two big trailers. First one, Avengers Infinity War. Looks Seeing insane. a little bit more footage uh, from the 
part one of the Infinity War series. Got another glimpse at Thanos. It's just, and, it's just Infinity War now. Oh yeah, is it? There's it, no they more the part, part one, one, part two. Yeah, I, I've been telling y'all they dropped it because part two ain't gonna be part two. It's gonna be Avengers versus X Men. Y'all don't want to believe me. I don't believe it either, but I want it to be true. <laughs> We'll see. Yeah, we'll they, see. yeah, it's just one now, so we'll see what that means. I don't know what four is going to be, but yeah, that was a Any crazy thoughts trailer. On the trailer itself, just that it's crazy. You know how everyone was making fun. I'm still the first one to make fun of uh, when Thanos came out with that butt chin. You're like, ah. <laughs> the last shot in this one was like you said, what? <laughs> that dude, that motion capture. I'm Brolin. Looks yeah. dope. Yeah, he's still. You're not feeling I'm it? still not convinced that he's not Purple Hulk. You know, I, I don't necessarily nope. feel like... What's wrong with Purple Hulk? Purple Hulk's scary. Purple Hulk's cool, cool but, like, I don't know. It's, it's He's not his, like, own distinguishable character you, okay, too much I, for me. Okay, I feel you. I see what you're saying. I, don't, I, think the, uh, I think the shots look beautiful. I've seen a lot of people cut up stills. Yeah. And how the color correction and, and the movie looks. And I'm like, you know what? There's all those videos about how the MCU is bland and all this. But I'm like, we, uh, we got to give it credit right here. This is some massive stuff. This, this is mm-hmm. people putting their money where their mouth is. I'm... A big fan of this lead up and how they're they're marketing this as like there was an idea <laughs> this is it we've been right. waiting bro this is patience right here mm-hmm. for other franchises that are going yo let's go all out it right does away. feel like they're trying to cash their checks with this movie bro. A- and i am yeah. ready for that uh this trailer itself didn't necessarily get me any more excited than the first trailer but we talked about that on a previous episode of yeah Uncut. Exactly. that one was we we were real hype on that first trailer this one you know it has some of the same shots that shot of captain america running through wakanda is still probably the coolest sexy. little snippet that we've seen it's sexy. Uh, even, even captain america has taken african culture too <laughs> everyone is just a culture vulture <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, debuted a teaser mm. during the Super Bowl, which perhaps intentionally, perhaps not so intentionally, didn't really give Alden Ehrenreich, Ehrenreich I gotta learn how to pronounce that, yeah. any lines. Uh, it was mostly build up to his character and the promise of a fuller trailer to debut tomorrow, hence Monday, which has passed. We've seen it. I've seen it. Uh, I don't know if Art caught up with the Solo trailer, Star Wars story, maybe. Nah, that first one was enough for me. <laughs> you just stuck with the teaser? I just stuck with the teaser. I okay. just stuck with the teaser. Um, you just need that one shot of Childish Landino? I just needed that one shot of your boy Donald Glover to be completely sold to what That's why, again, I'm supporting him over everything. You and I would say are moderate Star Wars fans? Yeah. Right? Um, so in terms of Han Solo, I have been hearing this debate. It's not the looks that make Han Solo. Which sounds to me like someone in denial. They say it's the attitude, mm-hmm. right? It's it's the delivery of the lines, which I, I agree a thousand percent. But um, you kind of got to look like your boy Hans. Uh, you know what I mean? The Hans hair Solo. is a choice. Um, I'm not so sure about the hair. But I, having seen the fuller trailer, I do think maybe he's got some of that attitude. Oh, they, so, they sh- so you think, is it there? I think it's there. I okay, think it is. It's just shown in small bits. Maybe they're just doing select bits, but I, I kind of have hope. Bro, two things. One, you know how Clint Eastwood's got that movie coming out where he's using the real soldiers, right? Yeah. So he barely has them speak at all. Right. Why are you scared to show it? Two, <laughs> uh, since I've only seen the teaser and they pretty much show him like <laughs> in a noir through the blind setting. Right. 
Look, I don't have Tinder. I don't have Tinder, but I know that if you're on Tinder and and a girl or guy's profile is like this, they're trying to hide something because they don't really look like they're supposed to. Yeah, I'm still iffy. Doesn't necessarily sell a confident front. Yeah, I'm still iffy, and I believe you are kind of as well with the whole directing fiasco that happened. Those are my boys. I don't know how it's going to feel because the last Star Wars movie that needed to do massive reshoots, Rogue One, I thought was eh, and um. I don't know. Rooting for Childish Gambino, though. This man has had the biggest glow up. (laughs) Oh, man. I was watching Weirdo the other day, his stand-up Weirdo, where he's just wearing, like, a tight shirt. He's super skinny. No hair. Just this, uh, yeah, no facial hair. His hair is still, like, slim. And now the man looks like a... All right, so those are the Super Bowl trailers for the most Mm -hmm. part. Let's hit up the rough cuts and talk a little bit about that Dundee trailer, uh, which has been advertised subliminally a little bit, a little bit sneaking onto the internet virally. It turns out that this is just a ad for the Australian tourism. (laughs) That is dope. That being said, that being said, like, I guess it works. I mean, it makes me want to be more in Australia. No, I don't want to go to Australia at all, but... No. no, absolutely not. But someone spoiled it for me. Like a lot of people guessed it right away. They said like when the, when the original one first came out, they're like, "Yo, this is a fake trailer. It's gonna be for something else." And I was like, "How'd you guys get mm-hmm. it so quick?" And then I'm watching the trailer, and they're like, "Oh yeah," and they put budget into this trailer. They had that feel. It looks like a legit movie. Yeah. It looks good. I would right. see that Dundee. Yo, movie. they had clips that were clearly like, unle- they had to have filmed more to it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, this those... Cool. Yes, oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, where it's just like, this feels like a... Yeah, they set a, up, like, a whole scene a whole to scene film, like, a... To get the like authenticity of those half seconds. I was like, right. ah, y'all, good. And then they kind of, yeah. they're like, this ain't no trailer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Judd Apatow went out on Twitter during the Super Bowl and said that he's willing to direct this movie. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe we're gonna... Maybe Australia Tourism Board created the most anticipated comedy of 2019. There you go. I, only, I think only one person didn't like it, and that was Johnny Depp. So, other than that, I think everyone else <laughs> is down for it. Uh, there has been news that Netflix will be ending their A Series of Unfortunate Events series oh. with the third season. This is not a show that I've yeah. watched, but Art, I know you did watch it a yeah. bit. Uh, any uh, thoughts? I saw the first season, grew up with the books. Surprisingly, it is such an accurate adaptation that that's why I didn't like it. I think that I'm a big person of depending on the medium, that's where your thing is going to go. Harley Quinn should always be an animated character, and I think A Series of Unfortunate Events works as a series of unfortunate books. It's just way too <laughs> comical when you see it live action. Should have learned that from the Jim Carrey one. Should have learned it from this one. It's so it's such an accurate depiction, and I think that's why it doesn't work as well. But I see it ending in season three, or, or with with season three because they're kind of almost covering four books per one. So I don't know. I think it'll be a good right. wrap up. We'll see. Uh, Tiffany Haddish and Paul Thomas Anderson apparently have been discussing a potential collaboration. Paul Thomas Anderson on the award circuit has been talking about his love of Tiffany Haddish's girls' trip performance, Uh and Tiffany Haddish and him are apparently in discussions to collaborate. Art, I can tell already you big yay on this idea. 1,000%. He did an AMA, and I was reading the AMA because my girlfriend had sent it to me. She was like, yo, you got to check out this AMA with uh, with, uh, Anderson. And he was talking, someone asked him, like, three questions, right? And it was just like, what's, mm-hmm. your, what's your favorite movie that you've directed? Uh, your favorite score? Like, a bunch of different things like that. And the last question was, who is the one actor or actress you want to work with? And he answered, like, you know, there will be uh, the master or something else. Tiffany Haddish. Like, Whoa! What? And I like Tiffany Haddish. Like, it's that just seems, such a weird yeah. combination. 
I mean, that being said, like this is a guy who you know he's done uh, done several movies with Philip Seymour yes. Hoffman before his death. He's done a couple movies now with Daniel yes. Day Lewis and Joaquin mm -hmm. Phoenix. He's worked with many many great yes. actors. Who who has he not worked with? I mean, he hasn't worked with Timothy Haddish. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's that the people. Yeah, yeah. And look, something that people often forget about Paul Thomas Anderson because that he's, he's a such person? an amazing filmmaker. No, no, no. That he's like maybe the funniest screenwriter we uh -huh. have. I mean, Boogie Nights and Magnolia and Punch Drunk Love are really funny yeah. movies that like have darkness in them. And then he kind of went with these more serious well, he's films super that dark, have yeah. bits of comedy. Exactly. Phantom Thread is definitely, you know, like a, a subversive hidden yeah, comedy. Yeah, it is. And I'd love to see him work with somebody like Tiffany Haddish who can, he can maybe really lean into those comedic stylings. I mean, I think people often forget he's married to Maya Rudolph of Saturday yeah, Night Live fame. Exactly. So like this is, this is, Probably a guy who can be pretty comedic and silly and not always so serious and ponderous. So I'd, I'd love to see those two collab. I love it just because of the fact that it makes him feel, with all these serious movies, more like a down-to-earth person. Like, yeah, like Tiffany Haddish. Mm -hmm. I like Girls Trip. That's crazy. But you being the huge Anderson fan, what possible yes. idea of a movie do you see them even making? I mean, I could see them doing something... I know this isn't necessarily a ter uh, excuse me a uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movie, but I could see them doing something in the mold of like Jackie Brown that she would be in the ensemble oh. of. Okay. Something like that. Something more like inherent vice. Oh, okay, than, yeah, so yeah, that's uh, right. What keep... he's done. Inherent vice, just just <laughs> for me. Yeah, that's the. For me, yeah. that's. I mean, it's even for me. It's at the bottom of my list of uh, Paul Thomas Anderson right. movies. Yeah. Sci-Fi and USA are now allowing the F-word on cable. This is good news for Mr. Fucking Robot Art. Yay or nay? <laughs> there was such a homeschool, like, news. Hey, guys, so now that I'm turning 17, my mom's going to allow me to say crap. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> okay, that's cool. Didn't they already allow it? No, they censored it on a robot, at least. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that'll, that'll, yeah, that's what we needed. Yeah. You know, ratings were down, but they were down because of this. Yeah, exactly. No, it is. It's cool. I, it's look, cool. It, I think it's good because I am anti-censorship, yeah. but, you know, it's not really a big deal at all. It's not like, you know, that's the thing about bleeping curse words is it doesn't necessarily make you not think it's there when they would say, oh, you're just f kidding me on Mr. Robot. We all knew what they were actually saying. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, you're still saying it in your mind. Isn't that worse? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think AMC should take a note of this. That's, just, that's all I'll say. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, and our final story, Jessica Chastain has apparently oh, don't been cut with from our boy Xavier oh. Dolan's upcoming The Death and Life of John F. Donovan. Uh, the young auteur, French-Canadian auteur, detailed in a lengthy Instagram yeah. post that his initial cut of the movie was four hours long and totally all over the place and needed to sacrifice something and he's decided to sacrifice Chastain not because of her performance mm -hmm. but because it just didn't fit with the movie art any thoughts on this oh well there goes my phone but I am so conflicted on this thing shows you how much that literally gravity's defying me right now dude <laughs> for me I mean we're big uh, Dolan fans we yeah. like his stuff a lot. Uh, of course, it hurt me when I realized that he kind of suffers from nepotism. I can't even say it suffers, but how he made it to fame Benefits so quick. But 
you know, I'm not saying he's a Jaden Smith. I do think he has talent. I think he's a very good writer. And he himself is self-aware of his pretentiousness. For those of you who don't know Xavier yeah. Dolan, you've seen his stuff. If you haven't seen his most famous stuff like Mommy, you've seen his most famous stuff like uh, the Hello music video. Adele. From Adele. <laughs> Oh, I remember seeing this movie, seeing the stuff for this movie, and you wanted like the fr- when I realized you want to know how I found out about this movie. It was her wow. poster. It was her yeah. poster, and how good she looked. And I said, "What the heck is this?" I was like, "Jessica Chastain has been on the like not even on the come up, but I still see her as a come because she's just getting higher and higher and higher in what she does." And I'm like, "Yo, what the heck is this?" And then I see the title, and I'm like, "Yo, that's a very interesting title." Then I see the rest of the cast, and I see your boy Jon Snow, and I was like, "Yo, this is dope." And then I see yeah. Xavier Dolan, and Kit I'm like, "Kit Harrington, Natalie Portman, Jacob Tremblay, Sarah Gadon, Susan Sa- Sarandon, Sarah so Gadon, fantastic as well." But yeah, I was looking at this, and I was seeing the behind the scenes. So first of all, this dude directs in joggers, which I think is dope. I'm a big fan of him, and I think, like, I hate it because Jessica Chastain has been cut out. I hate it because I still want to see that four-hour version, but it's also intriguing and interesting, and I'm for a director being willing to cut up his four-hour vision, understand that it's tonally all over the place, because he writes and directs his stuff. As far as I'm aware, he wrote it, unless it's based off something? Yeah, I think he co-wrote it, but he's directing it. Okay, but, uh... As much as I don't like it, I think it's cool that he's willing to go, I gotta chop something off. And I like how he went ahead and addressed it before it became like a big deal. Um, I'm very curious to see how her role just doesn't fit in. You're right, that's, that always intrigues me. You could just cut out an entire thing, but we'll see. It is the uh, life and death of Donovan, so I guess this is just a part of his life that maybe doesn't need to be covered. But I'm still intrigued by the movie, a thousand percent. Great cast, great director, and it looks, it looks delicious. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lesson to young filmmakers maybe not to mm-hmm. release your poster before you're done with your final cut. <laughs> you know, that might be helpful. Uh, but I'm also curious to see this longer cut, and uh, yeah. I'm curious to see what comes of it. I mean, it's interesting. It'll be an interesting experiment sort of to see how he can cut this character out and keep a uh, logical movie underneath. But uh, okay. we are moving on to our topic of the week. It's the talk of the film industry this weekend yeah. following its reveal, The Cloverfield Paradox. Now, uh, before we get into the movie, I want to touch briefly on what's a really interesting release strategy uh, because the way that it was unveiled was through That's a cool. couple of trailers that premiered during the Super Bowl. The first one saying, coming very soon, soon. and the second one saying, available now on Netflix. It, it's dope. It was a day and date release, just dropping out of the blue like a surprise Beyonce album. Yeah, exactly. Cloverfield 4 is is already out. You saw it back in 1990-something. That's how crazy (laughs) they're playing with time right now. Uh, They're just trying to incept Cloverfield into our brains. So you're a fan of the marketing strategy, right? Because I think that's what everyone's been the most excited about. So it depends. A fan is... I don't know if I'd say that I am necessarily a fan of it. I think it's a bold move. I think it's an interesting move. And I think particularly if you're looking at what Netflix as a company is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Netflix is trying to replace TV in a way, no? 
Yeah, they've been and trying a big <laughs> for the longest time. And a big Super Bowl tradition is the thing that comes on after the Super Bowl. Networks have been taking advantage of this for years to launch oh, new shows. Oh, I didn't even think of that. So just the fact that Netflix is trying to take away that spot, that post-Super Bowl watching spot, oh. I think is a really clever maneuver as a company. But Netflix. I, mean, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I don't uh, know if... It's going to work for every movie. No. I wish they would maybe, maybe not put all of their effort behind these huge things and promote some of the smaller movies that they pick up, yeah. too. But it's interesting. It is certainly a smart, interesting maneuver on behalf of the company. Yeah, that's cool, because I know This Is Us was a big one. I remember in years past, uh, The Office Fire episode was a big one. Like, you're right. right. That has always been the biggest thing. I'd I mean, be curious the, to see how many people watch This Is Us versus Cloverfield. Well, of that's course, the Netflix biggest won't thing. release the official exactly, numbers. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That is the biggest issue I think right now is that they won't release official numbers. You can still kind of quantify it just looking at who's talking about it on Twitter, looking at like who, how many people are discussing it in social media in general and seeing which one's getting more buzz. But in terms of like how many people are actually watching it, mm-hmm. That's getting a little scummy right there because, yeah, Netflix don't want to release their things. They want to claim that Bright is the biggest movie <laughs> right, of ever. 2017. So, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I like, mean, it was pretty funny that uh, being on Twitter about like 100 minutes after the Super Bowl ended and seeing the Cloverfield Paradox takes coming, flooding in mm-hmm. from people who just turned it on, all of yeah, us finally getting to experience it at once. It was. It's interesting. You and I have cool. had the experience of being at a film festival, and it's yeah. like... And you see the first reactions to a movie are coming out. And it's kind of interesting seeing the opinion it form. It was a cool, cool thing to be able to do that collectively. Uh, just yeah. as a you know experiment in collectively watching something. I thought it was intriguing. Mm-hmm. That being but, said, I, hope, <laughs> but... I wish it were for a better movie. So uh, Cloverfield Paradox <sighs> is, is a new installment in this loosely tied together franchise of Cloverfield films. Uh, rather than found footage or a contained mm-hmm. horror movie, this is more of a sci-fi adventure horror movie, kind of in the mold of Alien or Sunshine. The mm-hmm. crew on this ship, uh, the Shepherd is the ship. I don't, I don't know. Yep, the, the Shepherd uh, on the Shepherd uh, are trying to bring apart this energy source. Yep. Which oh. was yeah, don't you the, the Shepherd? Who is our Shepherd? Who brings us to the light? Oh, the metaphors. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's a, there's even a scene where uh, the the I think it was the Brazilian dude he uh, he prays yes and he prays to the shepherd but he's really praying to Jesus you get it oh it's so good <laughs> I am a huge uh, so, Cloverfield yeah. fan I'm a huge Cloverfield fan right I have been following this thing since 08 I got so into the viral marketing to it I loved it I went to go watch this movie I brought everybody with me. my aunt was pregnant at the time. She didn't know she was pregnant. She found out she was pregnant after having to get, like, nauseous seeing the movie. It blew my mind. I was not able to pick a movie for, like, the next couple of months because the the following movie or the movie before was The Happening that I also had hyped up for all of us to go see. (laughs) So no one wanted to trust my opinion, but I remember going home, and IMDb was this fresh thing for me and I was I was going on it and I was seeing all these forums and it just blew my mind all this viral marketing to it like literal videos news clippings social media that they made for all the characters that is still up right now that it just blew my mind about how it can just be its own contained story which I thought was dope not mm-hmm. let's not look at the monster from a high point of view but from the viewpoint of an actual person literally right. from their camera Right, I mean, yeah, and that was the thing about the original Cloverfield. The original Cloverfield. It was, bo- it was both inventive 
in that it took a large scale story and made it minimal in exactly. a way that a lot of those monster movies kind of hadn't. And yes. it also was it completely ahead of the curve in the viral marketing, stunt marketing way yes. of slowly teasing out what this actually is and, and getting people to kind of engage in the mystery of it as a way of building right. hype. The trailer for it, was, it just said, something has found us. The date. Right. That's it. That's that. That's it. That's all it was. And then Ten Cloverfield Lane also and they did followed a pretty it up. interesting yep. job of you know basically hiding this movie until a couple weeks before it was actually out, not really letting people know this was a Cloverfield film. Yep. And and at the last minute revealing Two this months. and getting everybody hyped. Two months right before it, I still remember sitting there. And again, I've been the biggest Cloverfield fan. You can look through all my stuff. I, I've always been following it, so you can just imagine me sitting there at 13 hours going, "All right, let's watch this movie." <gasps> Cloverfield, and now they're starting with this whole connecting everything. Oh, get it. All the text connects because everything spills over, and it just it blew my mind. I went into the movie disappointed in the way it connected to Cloverfield until you went deeper into it that loved the fact how it served as its own standalone movie, right? So I was like, right. dope. Okay, so now it seems like it's an anthology where the only thing connecting it is attacks. It's a, it's a creature, right? But right. I still like Cloverfield for what it was, a found footage monster movie. I like the suspense and thriller of the standalone 10 Chlorophyll Lane, and I appreciate all these little connections. So knowing that, right, and we are both well aware that Chlorophyll is just supposed to be its own thing, and the viral marketing hyped it up to be something a bit more. 10 Chlorophyll Lane was its own movie, Valencia. Like, this, this, these are facts. It was its mm -hmm. own movie, right, that it they made. And then they came in, exactly. Then they came in and they said, yo, your movie ain't going anywhere. Let's sprinkle a little clover on here, right? Right. And let's make it something big. And it made bank. Mm -hmm. The newest one, God Particle, was its own thing. I literally have the script for how it was its own sci-fi story. Yeah, this then was shot, I believe, in. back in 2016. Like, this yeah. is a movie that's been kind of kicking around a little while. Mm -hmm. And they just sprinkle the stuff on there. Every time you see Cloverfield references or Cloverfield voiceover, yeah, it came out afterwards. Search up uh, an AMA with someone who went to the test screening back in the fall, and they will tell you there is no Cloverfieldness to it at all. It is just the self-contained story of these people up there. Then they sprinkle in the Cloverfieldness to it. That can be a positive yeah. and a negative. So, Sometimes yeah, it can feel did, forced. How did it work for you in this movie, That the, the way that it sort of shoehorns in some of the Cloverfield details? I could tell. I'm looking at I'm like, y'all, y'all did a good job of, of sticking in the slusho insert, of sticking it. You know when they have the little news snippet? Yeah. And everyone's just doing this? It is really funny because for the most part, you can tell that no one knew that there was supposed to be an insert of a news thing. It could yeah. have been anything else of someone complaining. And then they just go, yo, turn that off. That is it. Watch the scene again. It's kind of funny. That exposition scene with the guy who's given the newspaper thing is actually the brother of John Goodman's character in Ten Cloverfield Lane. Hmm. Boom. There you go. And the More woman. And you've seen Ten Cloverfield Lane, right? Yes. Remember the woman who knocks on the thing to let me in? Right. She's the one giving the interview. Same actress. Oh. She's the woman from um, Silicon Valley, if you watch Silicon Valley. So I'm like, okay, so there's little connections here, but you can tell all the connections come afterwards. That's fine. You know, if uh, I've been calling it the Drake effect, you know how Drake has people listen to other artists and then he goes, I'm going to take a little bit of this and a little mm -hmm. bit of that. Uh, JJ and his crew, right? I'm sure it's not JJ because my man's directing Star Wars, but he's got his people who go out and scout and they come back. Exactly. Taking standalone movies and then adding a little Cloverfield thing to it. Okay, I'm all for it. The biggest thing was is that uh, take away all the Cloverfieldness from Ten Cloverfield Lane, still a good movie. Right. 
Take away all the chlorophyllness from this one. I, I don't there. see it. I don't see it any different than life. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the thing is that you want the movie to hold up on its own. It's not enough to just say this is how it all ties in. Yeah, and. It is a really interesting strategy of Bad Robot to take these movies that maybe don't have quite enough there and just inject them with a yeah. little bit of this Cloverfield continuity. But you want it to be for films that actually have a little bit more substance behind them. Ten and Cloverfield, Ten Cloverfield Lane, Lane was was a really interesting. Like it, it talked more. It was more of a moral question. I felt from Cloverfield Paradox like it was just a bad Black Mirror episode in a way. A little bit, yeah, especially when we literally just got that Black Mirror episode. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, exactly. And it's just this whole, the whole moral question behind, uh, behind uh, the main character, Gugu and Bather Raw, just never really felt fully developed. The tone, I think, was really all over the place place. this movie. It began, like, in a, in a much more sci-fi way, got into this like kind of wild Chris O'Dowd wacky Who's great. comedy. I think Who's... he's great in the movie, and I was still enjoying it through that point. Right. I like it. I like my sci-fi to be a little bit uh, self-aware and and crazy, but yeah. it it then devolves in a way that I just think doesn't really hold up and st- and feel organic to the movie. Can I? Uh... Play defense for Ten Chlorophyll Paradox for a little bit, sure. Even though uh, I can't say that I was the biggest fan of it, uh, I have done a bunch of research and I do think it's very still intriguing and interesting. And there's a lot of aspects to it. Let me defend a little bit right here. As you can see, <laughs> Chlorophyll Paradox is about a. <laughs> hey, man, don't give me that face. You look like my mom. <laughs> you look like my mom's just like really explain yourself for breaking mm-hmm. this face. Mm-hmm. Listen, Chlorophyll Paradox is about a particle accelerator that gets used that meshes things together. So right. dimension A that we're looking at gets meshed with dimension B, and as you they talk about, when you deal with dimensions, things start combining together because of equilibrium. Things just wanna go back together. That's why I don't like the movie, but I have seen some articles who just complain that nothing makes sense, but it's sort of like, um, if someone reviewed The Sixth Sense mm-hmm. and says it's trash, but then you talk to them about the ending and they didn't get it, it's sort of like, wait a minute. I think you need to understand the movie before you rate it. So, and I, I say I, this not for fans. I say this for like actual paid critics. Yeah, I I, I hear your point. And you know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. I, and it's I do think that it's unfair for people who aren't necessarily paying close enough attention to kind of deride the movie uh, yeah. as like nonsensical or whatever. But I think it's also on the movie to make sure that things are clear enough to be followed, that motivations make sense, that, yes. that we understand I get what you're saying. why people are doing what they're doing. I think there's has. Look, my joke would be, and I can't defend it all, my joke would be that, hey, things get meshed, that's why tones get meshed, don't you get it, Zach? <laughs> they gotta mesh the tones yeah. too, it's, it's breaking the fourth wall. Uh, there yeah. are little things, like, do you, do you remember when the, um, uh, the, the foosball table right. changes from red to yellow? That's because ship B would have had yellow stuff, so the ships are combining. Ship B's flooded. That's why ship A starts flooding and characters start dying. Why does What's-His-Name lose his arm? It's because when the whole thing happens, he doesn't have it wrapped. These are things where I think it's still interesting whether you hate the movie or not to look back at it. When the thing happens, his arm isn't wrapped. Are we going to get into spoilers a little bit, though? Bomb getting into spoilers right now. Y'all could have seen this movie on Netflix. Y'all should have seen it. Uh, This is a movie where even if you spoil it, you're going to be like, what the heck are you talking about? I got to go see this thing. Yeah, it, it's combining two universes together. That's why Chris O'Dowd's arm automatically gets a wrapping after the incident happens. 
because it's his arm, but not Chris O'Dowd A's arm. It's Chris O'Dowd's B's arm. Yeah, but there's all That's sorts why of things like that away. where then it's like, okay, but how does the arm even know to cut right, Volkov right, 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 right. say what's inside I'm not defending Volkov? that. I'm not defending that. You're 100%. It's like one of those things where I want to say like, yo, this is cool. It's doing something yeah. like that. Oh, it's like it mixed half of his body parts together. But then you're right. How can it have sentience? You know, I saw a tweet from uh, Danny Bowes, a writer that I like a lot. And mm-hmm. he's, I think he kind of summed up a lot of my thoughts that Cloverfield Paradox is both a kind of cool movie and a pretty fucking bad movie. It's yes. like, and it can be both things. I really do think it, it can, can be both things. There's it's elements a- that I dug to it. I dug Chris O'Dowd's performance. I dug the way that it was kind of, it, it was almost like a mental, uh, Game. psychological thing yeah, too. Who's, who's who, what's going on, which one's from this universe. A little coherence as I've heard some people compare it to if you've seen that movie yeah. about parallel universes and stuff. But Totally. But I just think ultimately didn't, you know, it, the the big thing for me, and this is coming from, I'm not a big fan of horror movies in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a recent wave of horror movies that I get a lot really excited about, but it's not my genre normally. And yeah, true. horror is a genre that kind of takes takes pleasure in eliminating its characters for for seemingly no reason. And and this movie is one that really just gets rid of characters for the sake of getting rid of characters. David Oyelowo is completely wasted in this movie. He's just thrown to the side at the end. There's characters that are shot just so they can be removed from the the circle, you know? The whole Chris O'Dowd death just feels weird and unrelated to anything else. Yeah, it just, uh, it just happens. See, that yeah. was the one where, I, where, I, where I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, the girl drowned because the bee ship drowned. So, again, and conveniences. It just so happens that the part of the ship that gets water, only just one part of the ship, right, <laughs> is the one where she's in so for her right. death. But I'm like, okay, if we're playing conveniences, then what was, what was the magnetic thing? That would have caused Crystal doubt. You know what I mean? Like if we're yeah. doing parallels between B and A, what caused him to die? Exactly, um, and and maybe it's just not quite outlined well enough. Yeah. Uh, to believe in it all. I mean, like, look, like I said, there's a lot of cool things happening here, but especially with the deaths, I just kind of found it less and less uh, worth investing in you know mm-hmm. i especially like they it really do invest you in that chris o'dowd character and they're like oh we're done with him magnets yeah. boom let's <laughs> kill him with a magnet i think you and i both agree with this uh idea that um business wise you have to understand that there was a new guy who came into paramount yeah and he pretty much was looking at the things and he himself decided is this theatrical enough or not right so this was a movie that was actually produced by paramount mm-hmm. not netflix and exactly. I think the idea was originally this was going to be a theatrical movie. It was. The God's Particle. Uh, and, and through different means, Paramount dumped it to Netflix where Bad Robot was able to do its kind of Cloverfield thing to it. And right. it, it's a cool way of spotlighting a movie that might have otherwise gone under the radar. Uh, so, two things. Yeah. One, before Netflix, what we would call this move is a straight-to-DVD release. Yeah. With Netflix, and some people are hating this because they're like, you're just tricking us. I am kind of sitting back and going, look, it's not because I'm a fan, but it's it's such a clever hustle. Take what it they is, deemed but... a straight-to-DVD release, and they went, yeah, but let's not call it a straight-to-DVD release. Let's call it a cinematic revolution. Premiere it on the same right. day. Let's continue that trend and have everyone hyped out about how we can go straight to there so everyone can discuss it at the same time. It's a confusing movie, yeah. which is why it's not in theaters. It's going to blow up for word of mouth, but really, it's sort of like... 
that y'all know it was a DVD release. Like, y'all released the thing saying that the main guy of Paramount deemed it not worthy for a theatrical release. It's a nice hustle. It is an interesting hustle. Yeah, I mean, look, they had Ava DuVernay who... Mind you, used to be uh, a publicist, so she's well, uh, well versed oh, for, in this stuff. Talking oh, to, that before she was a director, lot of her yeah. tweets. She she uh, was hyping up like there's going to be some mm. game changing thing happening tonight, and you know she's not uh, someone who hasn't worked with Netflix. You know she's making documentaries yeah. with them, and you have you know a very friendly reveal to Deadline.com, which always kind of is friendly to the studios and pats their backs and their news uh-huh. reveals. So they, they definitely were kind of trying to hype this up as this big thing. And uh, just, to me, I mean, yeah, it's... to me, it, uh, while I think it's a brilliant marketing strategy, to me, I wonder if this maybe at some point hurts Netflix's brand. I don't think it did with this release, but if you're doing uh-huh. this again and again and again as a way of just getting people to watch a less than good movie, are people going to not think of Netflix as this prestige content provider anymore? That's been the biggest thing is how many of their movies just fail. Like I know Mudbound and Beasts of... Uh, uh, Beasts of No Nation. No Nation. Those are like exceptions, but it's a lot of the movies that they produce. TV shows are the bread and butter, I personally believe. Their movies mm-hmm. just go under the radar. Yeah, like I mean, they you, really you do. call Beasts of No Nation and Mudbound their exceptions, but Mudbound at Sundance, people were talking about a shoe-in for Best Picture. Right, and, got and a now, couple yeah. nominees, nominations. Beasts exactly. of No Nation, people were talking about that as an Oscar for, uh, contender, and it got no nominations. So, so maybe they bright just aren't no that nominations. <laughs> I mean, they have some good content, but they, in terms of getting it out there, I'm not so sure uh, it's they because necessarily hit that mark it's because people are still used to connecting movies with theaters right if you do not see a movie in a theater i'm telling you it's just a social conscious even for the people who do want to see stuff straight at home consciously they just don't value a movie unless it's in theaters that's just a fact it's mm-hmm. just, that's just how it is some people are already ahead of the game they're like no i know how to observe a movie no matter what because i have a great theater system at home but honestly we see it as straight to dvd things that's yeah, i mean Think of it as like going to see a Broadway play or something like that. Like you, you value people being mm-hmm. live on stage in front of you differently yeah. than you would if you watch like a tape. The recording, recording of, of it, it exactly home. of it. You know, it, it's um, just there's a thing about going out and being in public and being with people yeah. and just paying that money that makes you invest into the movie differently. It's an interesting thing. I'll wrap it up by, by saying this. I have a whole nother video that I'll be breaking down because obviously I'm a huge nerd about it. But I'll, I'll, for those who are like really confused, and it, I always find it very interesting, the uh, ending explains that come out literally the night of. It's like, bro, they worked on this movie for like years. How the how the heck? Figured and it out. Oh, it, oh, it explained you everything. It all... And I scrubbed through the, through the thing and they don't explain anything. They just repeat back what they saw in the movie without even explaining it. This is the idea of the Cloverfield universe. It is an anthology. Anyone telling you trying to fit in the same timeline it, it literally cannot. The whole point of paradox is to explain that all these different timelines were created. Look at timelines as all these different movies were created. Cloverfield is its own thing. Ten Cloverfield Lane is its own thing. Paradox is its own thing. There's a fourth movie already. Uh, yeah, which Overlord. I'm really confused how they're going to tie that yeah. in. Because apparently and that's coming out in World October. Yes, so here's the thing. Like I said... Imagine a writer who has all these ideas for monster movies and kind of wants to have a little slim connection, you know, slushos and everything. But at the same time, they know not everything's going to connect because of inconsistencies. Well, if they're all their own separate drafts, their own little timelines, then they can all be their own little monster stories, like an anthology. Think of it like Black Mirror. 
all these different technology stories, and then they kind of wrap them up with a final episode where a guy collects them all. Paradox is just that story within this universe where it creates all the different timelines, and some people are seeing Cloverfield as the time when that happened. But as the interview tells you in Cloverfield, The Cloverfield Paradox, that guy tells you that pretty much it doesn't matter what year you're in. When that particle accelerator boots up, it affects different timelines, different demons, monsters, aliens, and different periods of time. So Cloverfield Paradox gets the monsters to attack in their timeline in 2029. But in Cloverfield's world, the first one, it affected it in 2008. In 10 Cloverfield's world, it affected it in 2016. In Overload's world, it affects it in the 1940s. Do you get what okay. I mean? Yeah, I do, I do. So technically, even Super 8 in the 1980s, that's when it affects it in that timeline. This is why it's become a joke where it's like the Tide Pod, the, the Tide commercial where every Everything Tide ad... Cloverfield movie. Yeah, as yeah, as long as any commercial has clean clothes, that, oh, that's a Tide commercial... Yeah. Anything can be a Cloverfield movie because all it means is that the moments that those monsters attack and you don't really know where they came from, oh, it's because of that other dimension where they messed up with the particle accelerator. Yeah. I think it's a genius way to make an anthology series. Uh, I hate the fact that people are going to be clamoring head over heels to see how it's all connected. That's how it's connected. It's mm -hmm. created all these different timelines, and those different timelines are just different movies. Maybe yeah, there will be a loose connection. Uh, I still believe that the main company, Tegruatu, who has Slush Show and Bolt Winter, all these different things... Um, I think that like a Doctor Strange thing, they can weave themselves through dimensions. And the biggest dimension is our dimension where we get to follow the ARG that is connected to all these other different timelines. So I can't wait to see the movie that breaks the fourth wall where our dimension is its own Cloverfield movie. I'll leave you to think about that. I know Zach said that the big, biggest paradox of all was. Is how they got me to watch Cloverfield <laughs> Paradox. <laughs> so, boom. There you go. It's all so, different movies. Just know it like that. It's all different movies. So, yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some more installments of the Cloverfield Anthology that keep it fresh enough to want more installments mm -hmm. of the Cloverfield Anthology. For now, we move on to our final segment of the week, The New to See, talking about what's new in theaters, streaming, and on VOD, starting with February 9th in theaters. We're going to see... Fifty Shades Freed. Don't want to miss that climax, do you, Art? Oh, I am wait I've been waiting for this climax for the longest time. <laughs> they should have a fourth, just to have a foreplay joke. <laughs> right. Damn. Missed opportunities. Uh, 1517 to Paris, the directed by Clint Eastwood, true life story about the uh, terrorist attack that was stopped on mm -hmm. a train in Paris, yep. which is going to be an odd blend of fiction and reality because it stars the actual, actual men who stopped yeah. the terrorist attack. I'm not mm. so sure how I feel about that morally, ethically and stuff, but uh, a new Clint Eastwood movie is going to get a lot of people excited. Yeah, we'll talk about that one. And then uh, Peter Rabbit. It's a CGI comedy with James Corden as the voice of Peter Rabbit. I think Donald Gleason is also in this one for reasons. Trash. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, maybe a good weekend to catch up on some of the Oscar-nominated films in theaters. Do that. I know, I know that I got to see Lady Bird again recently. Uh, new to streaming, Netflix. On February 7th, they're rebooting... Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, season one. It's uh, the classic Brave Bravo show is making its return on the streaming service. 
February 8th, yeah. Netflix is releasing the Emoji Movie, because I know you wanted to catch up with that one, Art. February 9th, we're getting a few things. Uh, my next guest needs no introdu introduction, episode two with George Clooney. That's the uh, David Letterman show on Netflix. Okay. Seeing Allred, the documentary about civil rights activist and lawyer Gloria Sundance. Allred. yeah. Oh, another Sundance pickup? Yeah. Uh, you didn't see that one, did you, though? I didn't see it because I knew it was going to come out on Netflix. Right, right. Uh, the Ritual, an additional to uh, Netflix's slate of original horror oh, movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, then, I, it just looks cool. And then When We First Met is a comedy with Adam Devine and Alexandria Daddaro. It's kind of got a Groundhog Day-ish premise where he's trying to get her to fall in love with him. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know about any of these. You said the ritual looks cool. The ritual, I have. It's probably trash, but I saw the poster. And I was like, oh, this looks cool. Nice. On Hulu, February seventh, the Korean film A Taxi Driver is uploaded, and then on February 9th, the complete first season of Brockmire, the IFC show with Hank Azaria as a baseball announcer and Amanda Peet. I've actually heard this one's really, really funny, so I'd like to try okay. and catch up with it. Get your Hulu account. On February 11th, Lucky, this is uh, Harry Dean Stanton's final film, which was released last year. And then okay. on February 12th, one of my favorite indie horror movies ne leaves Netflix and joins Hulu. It is Honeymoon, directed by Lee Janiak. Oh, We've had yeah, many discussions can. about yeah, this one, Yeah, we have. Uh, <laughs> uh, HBO Go is adding Wonder Woman on February 10th, if you haven't caught up with the Patty Jenkins mm -hmm. uh superhero extravaganza, yeah. whatever you want to call it. And Amazon is adding one of my favorite 2017 movies, one of the most overlooked 2017 movies, Good Time, with Robert Pattinson oh, on hey, the run. That's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's uh, directed by the Safdie brothers. So if you yeah. haven't seen that, and if you, for some reason, think that Robertson, Robert Pattinson isn't a good actor, y'all got to stop Amazon with that. Prime yeah, y'all got to stop with that. Y'all, everyone has Amazon Prime. Go watch it. It's a good time. On uh, February <laughs> on February sixth, because VOD, I I almost let you slide there. Uh, now on VOD is Suburbicon. All I see is you, a bad mom's Christmas, and only the brave. I reviewed only the brave when that one came out. I thought it was is it good. It was okay. Um, I okay. thought I thought they tried a little bit too hard to make you feel sad at the end and didn't too necessarily long? earn it. Is it too long? Eh, yeah, a little bit too long okay. and a little bit too yeah. all over the place, but yeah. it's got some really cool fire sequences. You know, this is the firefighter, uh, firefighters in the wild yeah. movie, like fighting uh -huh. California forest fires. So it's got some relevance too. Worth True. checking out if you're interested in the subject. And uh, I don't know if you saw Suburbicon, but this is no. the one that George Clooney directed that yeah, has a script I, by the Coen Brothers, which somehow I'm excited. Got awful I'm reviews. excited for it. Exactly. That's why I'm excited for it. Suburbicon yeah. and the uh, the Denzel Washington Oscar nominated movie that, that's gone so split. Yeah. Those are the two that I want to see. And I am curious for All I See Is You because it sounded very intriguing, but it got pooped on. Yeah. But we'll yeah. see. February 9th, Permission and Basmanti Blues are available on VOD. Basmanti Blues being that Brie Larson goes to India and helps people. Movie that she's been trashed for a little bit on the internet. So that uh, the good place one that uh, Reese Witherspoon did for Africa. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Okay. What's your pick for the week? My pick for the week. I want to say it's Ten Cloverfield Lane, but I can't push myself for you guys to go see that. I'm going to say the Oscar-nominated movies of the of the week. I'm not exactly sure. Now that we're in February, it's in March. Your local AMC, Cinemark, Marcus, any theater that you have, Regal as well. They start doing their. Uh, bringing back the movies for you to watch in theaters and you can even do like a whole marathon that's what i'm saying look out for with my top picks being phantom thread 
and Dunkirk and IMAX because just like you guys, that's what I'm going to want to go watch because I miss it in IMAX. So that's my pick of the week. I don't know if they're going to start this upcoming week, but uh, they should be releasing them soon. It's just all the Oscar movies in your local theater. Mm -hmm. So watch them if you can. Yeah. Phantom Thread being my biggest pick. Use the opportunity to see Get Out in a theater if you haven't because that's a that's really it. fun movie to see in a that's theater. That's a movie movie. Uh, and, and like you said, Dunkirk, you got to see that on the big screen. Uh, also, while we're on the subject of Oscar uh, picks, if you want to go out this weekend on February 8th, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, they're finally going to be releasing the Oscar-nominated shorts in some movie theaters. Oh, that's right, that's right. This is probably only going to be in major cities, so get to New York, get to L.A. <laughs> I probably yeah. has it Trap. somewhere in Chicago, I think, uh -huh. I think. Uh, but uh, look out for those at your local theater. It's really a great chance to see some really creative, fun, shorter films from people who sometimes become bigger filmmakers. Yeah, like Kobe Bryant, who's a freaking Oscar nominee. Right, Oscar nominee heck? Kobe Bryant. If you want to see his it's his short film, it's, uh, Dear Basketball. Is it animated? Is it documentary and or animated? It's animated. It's right? a it's an animated documentary. Uh, he voices over. But which it which category it. did he get? I think got nominated for animation. Uh, probably. I yeah. cannot remember. I just saw him front and center with the biggest smile in the Oscar lunch <laughs> picture, and I was like, what the heck? I saw it. It's on Vimeo. You can catch it for free. Five minutes, 30-something seconds. You can catch it. Just search it up. It's right Dear there. Dear Basketball. Nice. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to catch up with that, but uh, also, uh, I recommended Good Time already if you have Amazon Prime. If you have Netflix, if you don't want to go uh, to yeah, the movies, leave it away. check out Once Upon a Time. I have been binging the show recently, and find it way more delightful than I expected to. Way more delightful than I expected any laugh track sitcom to. It's got a really charming cast. It's got some genuinely fun, like, trans progressive humor. And yeah. I... Yeah, it's genuinely a fun show. I, I'm not... It's not necessarily something that has, like, an amazing story. It's not something that you're going to be on the edge of your seat. But this is a show that I've been putting on in, in the background while I'm doing some work, while I'm doing sure. some cooking. And it's, it's really fun. Rita Moreno deserves an Emmy for this, for yeah? this show. Yeah. What season, what season are you on? I finished it. It's season two already. They just released season two. Wait, season two? Yeah, they just they had season one last January, and I think a week or two ago, they debuted season what, two. What it's, am I thinking about? What's the show it's called? better. Once Upon a Time? Oh wait! Ain't this oh shoot! I I messed up the title. Excuse me. There you go. Now you're wondering why I'm acting. That's why you're acting weird. One day, at, uh, let me let me apologize for that whole thing because I keep fucking it up. It's one day at a time, not once upon a time. You see why you're, they're similar? Yeah, you're over here looking at me like, how dare you? You see, this is why we can't express our opinions <laughs> because we get judged. But I was over here. I was like, I'm, trying, you I'm trying to ride for this laugh track sitcom, and you're like, "What are you into fairy tales?" Yeah, for? I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? All the seasons already? No, 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 no. How many seasons of Once Upon a Time were there? Like, what? Well, someone's gonna someone's gonna take your opinion to face value, and they're gonna binge like all 27 okay. seasons of Once Upon a Time. Rewind that. All right. So. One day at a time. The okay. remake of the Norman Lear sitcom, uh, which now stars Cuban Americans, and it's about. Uh, Justine Machado plays like a single mother raising two oh. kids and her mother lives with her and it's just a really fun like we're gonna work through our problems and talk about our problems. I think it's got a lot of, yeah. uh, I think it actually has some influence from the Carmichael show oddly in that the Carmichael show did yeah. a really great job of addressing modern problems within its sitcom format. Uh, and this show does that well in letting people from different sides of the argument argue and hash it out. It definitely has its leanings because it's a pretty uh, liberal show, but... Uh, my pick is one day at a time, not once, once upon a time. And I think Rita Moreno is really good on that show, not, not the... 
Yeah, I've heard good things about it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that one is on Netflix now for any of you who are interested in staying home for your entertainment. Uh, if not, plenty of stuff in theaters for you to check out. But that's all for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, at ZShevich, or on Instagram, also at ZShevich, and check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash show. Art, where can people find more from you? You can find all of my Cloverfield-influenced videos over at the A to Z Show on YouTube. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, starting out that letterbox. And you can also always, every Tuesday, catch me over here on the Intercut Podcast. We have so many places, such as... You can listen every episode of the Intercut <laughs> Podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hopefully you're watching us on it right now. Mm-hmm. It's all at IntercutPod, youtube.com slash C slash IntercutPod, however you have to get there. And also, check us out across social media, our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram. They're all Intercut Pod. The handle is easy to remember. For updates throughout the week from both me and Art, we're retweeting and reposting a whole bunch there. So it's an easy hub to get access to us. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode. And until next time, The Tide Ad is a surprise Cloverfield movie. Boom. I thought you were going to end it with the, uh... That's how I was going to, that's how I was going to start it, but I thought you didn't want me to. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 Okay, see, I see, it was confusion. I was watching the movie when you sent me yeah. that, right? So I was pretending to be offended for you ruining <laughs> the, tra- the movie. I was worried that I, I thought you had, wa- I, there's no way that you waited longer than me to watch that <laughs> that's movie. That's why. I wanted to see if you were going to be like, uh, just kidding. That's when I was just like, I was like, is that a spoiler? You're like, no, it's not. And then that's nah, when I just pretty nah. much told you like the plot of the movie to be like, yeah, I have seen it. No, that would have been fine. It's in the trailer. Is that in the trailer, really? The, the hand's in the trailer. Oh, but not, okay, yeah. So I could... Well, like, technically, it's the yeah. hand. And it's also the reaction shot where he has no hand. So you know it's his. Okay, so I guess that makes so. sense. His yeah. arm helped us find the earth. It's Arturo Cerita. <laughs> <laughs>